Welcome, welcome everybody back to a new episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a film of their choice, whether it be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm your host, Rohan Patel, and joining me today are my uh, regular co-hosts, Stephanie Chuang, Joel Garcia, and Cynthia Lee. How are y'all doing? The dog days of summer are almost over. Is that how yeah. the saying goes? I think so. I think dog so. Dog days yeah. is almost here. <laughs> I've yeah. been getting ready for that. Yeah. yeah. It is That's colder sad. already. Yeah. It is colder. Yeah, yeah it's, it's overcast it today. Raining. Oh, it yeah. did. The sun did come out. Oh, it did? Oh, yeah. Interesting. I just haven't been outdoors for like a solid period. That means I just like checked the outside this morning and then closed my windows. <laughs> Overcast. Like 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> 10 p.m. Daily weather check, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe I checked my, maybe I checked the window. Maybe I checked my phone. Either way, clouds. the weather wasn't clouds when I last checked it. So interesting. But yeah, no, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> Any, yeah. any, any, any <laughs> cool things going on in your lives besides the weather, I guess? Nah. Not really, no. Nah. My dog's turning one. Happy <gasps> birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. To your dog. Yeah, to my dog, yeah. She's yeah. absolutely, my life has changed now that we have a dog. Like, I can't, when on Facebook, when those, like, dog videos show up of, like, dogs greeting, like, soldiers coming home from war, I just, like, start crying. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm, like, so susceptible to animal empathy and, like, animal videos now. I can't do it anymore. I just, yeah. Our dog has been Dude, a great serious. highlight of our summer, uh, even though she's batshit crazy. Hey, nobody's perfect, you know? Yeah, no one's perfect <laughs> at all. Yeah. As Hannah Montana once said. That's <laughs> true. I guess speaking of birthdays, I did celebrate mine last week, so. Oh, yeah! Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Wow. Happy birthday. Oh. Happy birthday. Yeah. Belated birthday. B- belated, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I oh yeah. Have to make <laughs> sure loudly. make make everything about me because I'm a Leo, so <laughs> transition that way, you know. Gotcha. <laughs> uh huh. On the subject of you, did you do anything fun for your birthday? Uh, have we, I went to Terra Plata, that farm to table restaurant in Cap Hill. I was good. What? Well, I, I've I been there. You have? Wait, it's great. I did. It's so good. It is really pretty. It's really good. Fresh food. Oh my gosh. I have to go. What's it called? Terra Plata. Terra Plata. Okay. I'll make a note yeah. of that. Interesting. Yes. What, yeah, what, what type expensive. of? Okay. So like only if like I win a million dollars in the, in the, in the lottery okay, or something. It's not that expensive. I okay. did not win a million dollars. I went. <laughs> Fair. Um, it's not like that one plate <laughs> canless canless right the one where you have to dress up mm-hmm. canless yeah I, I feel like i'm learning too many new restaurants at once i don't know this place that okay you're... <laughs> that one was less i looked that up and i was like wow it's less expensive than i thought it's still expensive but... oh, gotcha huh? it's like courses they have like courses and shit there right yeah like you have to you just pay a set amount and they give you the courses Mm. oh oh that's scary that's that's i, I like, like my stuff all apart like 
Yeah, right. So I didn't want this part of the course, though. <laughs> kind of chicken fingers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Can I actually? Yeah. Y'all yeah. do French fries. restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> do you have ketchup, don't you? <laughs> but yeah, no, Terra Plata, it's like right next to the roastery in Cap Hill, uh, the Starbucks roastery. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. Okay, mm. cool. All right, I'm, I will. I will go there one day. One day before before this this year ends. Another I guess you like list. could feel safe because they require you to have a Vax card. So, <gasps> oh, they're cool like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Honestly, I I wish every place <laughs> was just like you must have a Vax card. Honestly, I, I like feeling exclusive to things. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I do yeah. like feeling <laughs> exclusive, and I also feel just like ten times more safe. Like if I'm going to a bar, like oh yeah, like that them, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I know I some bars have started. I know in Seattle just generally. Yeah, a but, lot of them have, mm-hmm. but some haven't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's interesting. But cool. The yeah. ones who don't have it have like those real like the guys, the people who go there are like really fratty. And I'm just very. like, stay away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel um I feel very intimidated. I'm going to New York soon and I'm kind of glad that like all the places are are very like vaccine cards. We have this Wait, you we, have are you going to like the Lincoln Film Center and stuff? I want to. That'd be very cool. You the should. thing was I, the thing was it was like I, I'm going like literally they have the New York Film Festival and I was like, Oh, I can do that. But then like it's at the end of September. It's and really like, oh, late. Yeah. yeah, it's really late. I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna do that. But I'll definitely go there. But we're definitely me and my friends were we're gonna do the classic stuff. We're gonna do the Empire State Building and stuff and eat pizza pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Like on Let I think I follow someone who lives in New York at Letterboxd. And like he just logs all these like films that he's able to see in theater, like La Note or La Ventura or like and it's just like I want that. Like give Beacon, please come back. <laughs> yeah, right. That sounds so nice. I, 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 I just I, I, I never like uh, my La Ventura I haven't watched it yet but that experience is going to be through a class or on Criterion channel I want to like roll up to like a theater to do that that and sounds suit, so amazing you know? yeah in a suit <laughs> no, no no I'll pick out a tux for the night just like rent it and to just like have a nice fancy meal I don't know I want to <laughs> have an like, experience by yourself you know? yeah <laughs> Yeah. 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 Like I love I the Seattle film culture is like weird and cool in its own way, but I just wish like I want to see movies like that on the big screen. Right. Like I want a snobby giant theater that only plays art house film. You know. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing the Maltese Falcon at Central Cinema in like a couple oh. and Big Lebowski. They're doing Mad Max right now, and I'm very tempted to go after this <laughs> podcast recording. But. <laughs> Interesting. The the pot like the original mad max or like your or like no the fury uh, road yeah solid that's thing oh my gosh i I definitely think right now because stephanie is gone and (laughs) yeah wow i I thought i thought i thought you were trying to like like i thought this was going to be well no i did want to have a conversation (laughs) like i did i love their conversation right now but also we yeah but we're also there too (laughs) we are riffing (laughs) if we we can't continue to riff also we'll probably have like i i can probably do some of the intro stuff real quick um probably cut that out but i, I like could probably intro stuff. like like introduce the filmmaker what we're going to be talking about i don't think we've mentioned the word scenes from a marriage yet but i'm pretty sure people are I, but i'm pretty sure people know that's the podcast hopefully so um yeah i yeah, can do that really quick while, while while we're waiting
waiting because Stephanie just this texted in our group scenes. chat. You should, you should keep this in. Oh, yeah. If How anybody's interested in the world of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie's computer is updating. So we're just going to we're going to riff slash take a very <laughs> I mean, we don't like honestly, like the ultimate goal for me one day is to like this podcast, like before the year's end, be so successful that we can make transcripts like we can hire somebody to transcribe everything. Oh, yes. And we can post that on our website and then people can like go through and we can have like like people can comment and like download the transcript. We can have like a premium service like Patreons and like, wow. like they can download yeah, the transcript. Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah, they definitely like, people want to pay to hear I see the man there. Definitely. Yeah. 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 As evident by the 72 hits from Columbus, Ohio that we get that we got on the last pod. I was checking our SoundCloud statistics and somebody Wait, what the fuck? Yeah. Somebody <laughs> some, somebody listened to it 72 times, which is an accident or a bot or, or they told other friend, you know. Yeah. The, the yeah, same friend 72 72 times. I feel like that's that's a bit excessive for Columbus. We have zero hits in Seattle. Like I didn't see anybody listen in Seattle. I saw 72 <laughs> hits from Columbus, Fine. Ohio. Hey, I was like, don't don't ruin the facade. Oh. <laughs> we are <laughs> We are very popular. We yeah, are popular. popular. In know. <laughs> um, oh my yeah. god, the shit. I mean, does it only hit, does it only grab, like, people in, like, who play on SoundCloud? Or it's, like, other? I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's our entire art. I, I, my, my assumption would be that it's only SoundCloud. Just because I don't know if SoundCloud has access to, like, all that stuff Um, from, like, you know, what's it called? Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Apple but Podcasts person. You are an Apple Podcast podcast person yeah you just you just oh my gosh you're, you're, you're the worst type of person I should use is. Spotify because like I pay for Spotify right you pay for Spotify wait you, what and you're using Apple Podcasts yeah yeah what? you should like get okay, more I mean, of your money the reason worth. why now like I have a more valid reason because at work my work laptop doesn't allow me to stream from the Spotify app so I have to use the web player but I have a Mac for my work laptop so it comes built in with the podcast app so like the podcast app I can like pause and play with the keyboard or my headphones but if i'm using like spotify web player like pressing play on spotify web on my keyboard doesn't stop the web player no it's very complicated yeah. i feel very stressed with this setup at my work but it just has to be done <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, I don't know. I, I, I like Spotify on my end because Spotify will do that. I can play I'm it for my I'm losing my computer. student discount in a month. It's so sad. Oh no, that means you also lose Hulu, right? Yeah, so I'm going to have to bundle with Disney Plus so I can keep Hulu um, fucking corporations. And then I'm family planning with like six other people for Spotify. <laughs> gosh you're letting mickey mouse get this is how (laughs) finances work yeah i mean yeah i downloaded mint app so we're we're really going budgeting now so oh my gosh i'm adulting that that's a that's adulting at its peak my adulting is just literally my bank account and saying how close can i get to zero without having a panic attack and then going from there I literally like did my 401k shit and like accepted some stocks. I was like, wow, this is 
extreme adulting. I feel so intimidating. I wish I was a business major. At, like at that mm-hmm. moment, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? I mean, I'm a business major. I don't have any stocks. Like I don't, I don't get <laughs> stocks from Foster. Like if, I wish that'd be cool. No, no, like understanding stocks. Literally I was staring at it and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, even then you have to get into some really finance coursework before you get to like the stock stuff. Like it now, okay, like really? your intro finance class is just like annuities. And I'm like, well, this is boring. It's just like, <laughs> the difference between it's like that and a mortgage and i'm just like how do you figure out what's more valuable and it's like yeah so it's interesting i don't know what, what what's the eta okay transition is. we're we're talking about scenes of america from <laughs> yeah totally. scenes from a marriage because yes. stephanie's taking a long time no at this point no 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 a little too long no 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 stephanie is joining as we speak oh yes. whoa wow we, we ripped, we ripped just perfectly time oh my gosh <laughs> That is amazing. Yes. All right. Hi, welcome so, back. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> what we, we, we've literally been telling the, the the podcast listeners how we've been riffing, and we were just like, "Well, this is the time to end." Talked about my you finances. <laughs> talked about how I don't get stocks as a foster major, and I feel like I should do that. You get that. We also talked about how like people from Columbus really like our podcast. They yeah. listen a lot. Whole so. community there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we love the movie, so I actually yeah. want to visit there, <laughs> like really badly. Oh no, this isn't the Columbus from the movie. This is the Columbus in Ohio. I think the Columbus in the movie oh, is Columbus, I Indiana. Thought you meant I believe. Columbus, Indiana. Okay. Oh, that would have been epic. I would have been like, whoa, the cool architecture is oh, listening in. No. This is my Neo trait coming back in. Everything just has to revolve around me again. <laughs> And what I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we could take this opportunity. So let's let's probably start talking about the reason most of you all are trying to listen to us, which is from a marriage. So as you know from our last couple of podcasts, we're kind of doing trilogies. Filmmakers currently on a trilogy of Ingmar Bergman, his works. We did Shame, we did Autumn Sonata, and now we're going to be talking about scenes from a marriage, uh, not the film version, but the TV version, the whole four-hour extravaganza that uh, Ingmar. Six hours, right? Well, no, it'd be four hours when you take out like 10 minutes from each episode and then the 20 minutes. It's it's like four to five-ish hours, I would say, probably. Okay. But anyway, that that whole extravaganza. So we're going to be covering all of the episodes in this podcast. We don't know if it's going to be two podcasts or one podcast. We'll see how how much we can continue to riff. Um, But uh, yeah, so um, I think how we're going to cover this is a bit different from the last couple of podcasts. We're going to go by episode by episode um and we'll just we'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of divulge what we think um just very interesting watch for me i kind of watched i think five of the six before i fell asleep and then the sixth one so really emotional kind of kind of thing for me at least but i don't okay, know so here here's the deal we were supposed to record last week and as me being the procrastinator i did what rohan did and literally binged like five of them on a sunday night it was really bad for my mental health personally yeah i owe cynthia a lot of money for therapy i'm just waiting <laughs> for a Venmo request and then we'll, we'll get that covered but All right. yeah <laughs> I don't know Joel Stephanie before we dive into the to, to the uh, episodes I don't know but what were y'all's experiences I know Joel I think you you saw this before right mm-hmm. yeah the first time I saw it I watched it like all in one night a very long night uh yeah it was emotionally tolling to say the, the least yeah yeah I, I watched it, like the dead of night I think I finished it like three maybe four it was like early pandemic so i was like i got time <laughs> interesting that's three or four a.m is one heck of yeah experience. it I was i finished i was like fuck 
I mean, I just like, there were some moments where it was like, like, I could like see like the difficulties or I could like relate to certain instances certain fights where they're having because i think later on in the podcast when we get to characterizing the the couple and stuff i could definitely see myself and whatever my own memories come in surfacing we're going back to that one guy that unnamed person that i got really mad at the last time we recorded (laughs) that i like shit talk to you guys it's the same but um like the same like (laughs) yeah sorry joelle you weren't there for that but it's like I found myself relating to a lot of it and then there were a lot of like oh shit moments and a lot of like oh my god moments and so yeah I mean I knew what I was getting into I was like Bergman he's gonna fucking hit me with his sledgehammer yeah I know I know I'm waiting so yeah. Um, so knowing that, I think we can, we'll jump into episode one, six. So, um, most of these are actually pretty simple from like, when you, when you really think about it, it's just like really long conversations, but we get into that. But basically this episode starts off with, um, Johan and Marianne, who are the main couple whose marriage is part of the title of Students from a Marriage. Um, they're getting interviewed by a, uh, magazine, um, about sort of their professions. We learned sort of that Johan is like a, a psychological, a psychology researcher slash professor. Um, Marianne is a divorced family lawyer. And so we get to learn a lot about, you know, who they are, sort of where they're starting at. Um, from the interview, it feels like a lot of um, what they're saying comes off as like the perfect couple. And that's sort of reflected in the, the immediate aftermath of that, in which um, the next scene is um, the Johan and Marianne having dinner with a, cu- a couple, uh, a friend couple, couple friend? couple I don't know a couple who are their friends uh Peter and Katerina um they're the the Peter and Katerina slowly begin to like bicker and it turns into like a full-on argument and Katerina literally splashes like champagne into Peter's face and like walks off at the end of the argument and sort of like that's and then that transitions to the last big set piece of that of the episode which um Johan and Marianne are in bed and Marianne reveals that she's pregnant and they have a few discussions about sort of whether to keep or not have or not keep the baby in the end after the discussion Marianne decides to have the abortion and that's pretty much what the episode is um so yeah I I I I'll, I'll start off with saying that it's an, it's an interesting tool I think to have the interview as the opening um sort of thing for me I I didn't really like it was interesting because as I was watching it I was I was pretty sure like because this is like one of the I think this is we can talk about this but Bergman's starting to get into television at this point so the way he frames it it's very much like oh this is like a television interview but it sort of goes from that perspective towards more and more of the personal like it's more of an interpersonal relationship between them two and the interviewer and so I think it's really interesting to see how he's sort of playing with that format I don't know if y'all caught on to that if you thought sort of the way they got you know they talked about each other's lives that exposition sort of work for you or not but I I personally really liked it but yeah it's interesting to think about it in terms of like what if we watched this like as like a random person in the 80s 70s when this one out again 70s I think 70s yeah this is yeah and they were like watching it without any context because like I feel like all of us like coming into this like watching it we knew that the film was going to be like kind of like a complex microscope on the marriage like scenes from a marriage like an actual marriage but like we kind of knew that like the marriage was going to fall apart like some random person in the 70s I don't know if they like knew going into this I mean 
course it's Bergman, but still it's not like, oh, it's Bergman. So obviously it's going to be about like a couple on the midst of divorce, um, hashing out their issues, you know? And so I feel like with the con, like the context that we came in with the film, like that TV interview almost like played as kind of like a foreshadow to the things to come, you know? And I felt like that was more effective and like more pronounced for me personally, because I knew of the context where I was like, oh, in Bergman seems to be hinting at something um, in terms of like putting on like a face and a facade the way you do with a TV interview and how they're married. They kind of depict themselves. Like you can see cracks in the interview, of course. Like the husband is like, I'm super this and the like, like I'm the best at this. And then um, Marianne's like, oh, I contribute pretty much nothing, you know? Um, and so like, you could definitely like, I think that dynamic is more pronounced and like kind of the idea of putting a facade on television and their, and how that plays into their real lives is much more pronounced because of the context. So I, I'm, I'm just like, unsure. I would be interested if I like didn't know anything about this miniseries and going in and how that TV thing would play for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll add on to that. And like, you bring up an interesting point of like watching it then versus watching it now. Like, this was made in the 60s. So, like, divorce was still like, is is a lot more touchy of a topic then than it is now, even in Sweden, um, which is part of like this Scandinavian um, area that is generally thought to be really progressive today, especially in regards to like women's rights, etc. Um, yeah, but but even talk about abortion in this world. Yeah. Um, but even even Sweden and Finland and Norway and those countries, they have like a really strong um a lot of their family support and social services are based on like a nuclear family and stuff. Um way back when. So it's just interesting to think about um the difference in um reaction to the idea of divorce and like even some of the other really shitty things that they do later on to um that's interesting to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I was reading sort of like, um, apparently like the year after this came out, which I think was 1973, <laughs> it, um, there was like a huge spike in divorce um, cases just in Sweden, but also across Europe. And people, like there are a lot of critics who were just like, yeah, there are a lot of critics who were just like, well, scenes from a marriage kind of fucked up society, didn't it? And like, it, there's sort of like a conversation around like, oh, there's this just general movement sort of starting to happen late 60s, beginning 70s of like, you know, divorce rates are just going up as part of like a whole new movement of feminism. And so, um, and just general like changing family dynamics. So it's interesting to see like, the, it, yeah, and like abortion sort of having a lot of affairs. There's a lot of like really interesting topics I probably wouldn't have seen covered like by even Bergman, like towards the beginning of his career so yeah I found that very fascinating as well mm -hmm. and just to go on about the tv interview thing it almost mirrors similarly to in autumn sonata where autumn sonata begins with the husband like kind of introducing and it kind of provides this weird introduction this meta-ness to autumn sonata this play-like structure where here i feel like it's not the same thing necessarily but it seems like a very similar device that bergman is operating on of like here i'm going to introduce kind of hints of what i want to discuss about later in the film um using that I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> I, know, I definitely think it makes sense. And like, thank you for I, my, your reassurance. Of course. But that, mm -hmm. that, that is my, that is one of my jobs as a host is to make sure everybody feels mm -hmm. safe. But 
Um, yeah, no, I think I, 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 I never made that connection to Autumn Sonata. I think it's really interesting how, because the, the television interview thing never really comes up again, because like, I think as we get into the later sort of um, uh, episodes, there's sort of a way more intimate connection, and there's a really small. You think it would come back. Yeah, right? I would think it would come back, but like, I, I think it's just, either way, I think it's like us really cool introduction of Ingmar sort of just making us aware of where we are in relationship to their relationship and these people and characters and then slowly bringing mm-hmm. us in with like you know less like as the storylines go there's less you know scenes there's less you know production design it just gets smaller and smaller yeah and so I think it's really interesting just how over the course of each um, episode you know, it's interesting because I, I, I also, there's obviously a theatrical release of this. And so it's interesting because like you think about how like TV viewers back in the day would have been seeing this over the course of like one weekly episode. But if you watch it all in one thing, I just wonder like it, that, how that would have changed, you know, the sort of like going from immediately the, this sort of normal atmosphere to this much more intimate one and whether that transitions much more as well. Did you have anything to say about that opening scene yeah I mean there's I think by like providing like the introduction through that interview too like you see like how they interact in a different uh sort of setting I guess like sort of like little like micro interactions I guess and they're yeah they're just also like yeah like how you guys had said like going to Bergman you're like okay this isn't gonna end well but like there's already still sort of like feels like there's like bumps in their communication somehow and there's a disconnect that could be growing and it's also interesting because it's like used as like a way to like for us to understand how they see themselves but not necessarily how they see each other Mm -hmm. totally oh talk about yourself and so it it's like really clear that like they're like i think in the interview like johan and mary the way they talk about each other or like of themselves it seems like they don't think that way about the other person you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that's even really prevalent in the fact that like they get separated like halfway through the interview where it's like they're mm-hmm. together as a family and then like you know Marianne has to go here Johanna has to take a call and then like you see the interviewer like go into the bedroom and try to get like another peek at their lives um and, and it's I, messy. I think and it's messy and yeah that's a that's a good point it's is clever clever i see what they're doing there ah yes um but yeah um yeah i think i think that was generally interesting and i think it's also a good way sort of like contrasting that with the next scene where it's peter and katarina's like complete meltdown of like yeah like they like it's the complete opposite and sort of I, i found it really interesting how they kept coming back to comparing their relationship to johan and marianne's it's like oh they're the perfect couple you know they should get to see mm-hmm. like some of the dirty stuff that's gonna come up in like and you know I think I forget, um I don't think I mentioned this but this I think it, it's un- it's kind of unclear to me or I'm just maybe it's not unclear I think I'm just confused I think it's 10 years that this covers right okay yeah. so it, it's interesting to see the foreshadowing even though it kind of feels a bit smaller but um but yeah sort of like oh this is gonna come up down the line and you sort of see just how disgusted they are with each other's like little nitpicks that they have of each other and sort of how that grows um what's yeah. interesting about that scene is like I think if it, it might if it was in the hands of like a different director like I think it could operate on a level of like well Marianne and Johan seem so much better than Peter and Katarina but like you don't come out that thinking that way like at all you're I I mean for the most part like when I was watching that scene I was like oh 
Marianne and Johan are probably going to end up on the same path. Mm -hmm. It's not like this total like difference, you know? You don't think that Marianne and Johan are going to be better than what Peter and Katarina are displaying. You don't necessarily think that they're going to be like emulating them like step by step, but you do like understand like, you know, you don't think that Marianne and Johan are going to triumph by seeing like how a marriage is falling apart right in front of their eyes. Yeah. And I think it also speaks to just generally how like it, it, it keeps coming up over and over again. Like when we see different glances at different couples or pe other people, like it's it's a very like common thing to that I I remember like like we like at the last episode uh, Marianne talking to her mother about her mother and her father's like marriage and it's like these this is like a a, a, a sort of uh these flawed relationships are are bigger are are more prevalent than we might think I think that's what is interesting and I think that sort of is introduced in that in this fight which was interesting to me. For sure. Mm -hmm. And to just like contrast, like Peter and Katarina are like making really big bombastic gestures that don't really happen um in the episodes that progress. Like they don't really there's like one big fight, but the rest isn't really like they seem to be just heightened talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I and yeah, so it's just like interesting that it's like it's not necessarily like they're going to be like completely going down that path of like just physical harassment, like the way that Peter and Katarina or like not physical harassment, but like just insulting verbal spouts which is what Peter and Katarina are doing, but like it kind of reveals like microaggressions that Marianne and Johan are like throwing at each other, you know? Mm -hmm, sure. I would say that Peter and Katarina have like a much more volatile relationship. And like, mm -hmm. obviously yeah, it's meant to parallel Johan and Mar Marianne. I keep saying Marianne, like from like, I have to like Scandinavianize <laughs> oh, yeah. the way that mm -hmm. I say her name. Um, But uh, like, even oh, though yeah. Peter and <laughs> Katarina have like a really violent relationship, they're like, you could almost argue that there's more honesty there because they, they like openly mm -hmm. hate each other and they like openly state why. But Johan and Marianne, Marianne, <laughs> Johan and Marianne, they, um, they sort of like hide behind this wall of courtesy to each other mm -hmm. this like cold cordial courtesy and so they like maintain just sort of like a they sacrifice that honesty for like peace between themselves and pe the appearance of peace to others um but like in reality not all is well for sure i think as we I definitely i did get that impression um that their walls like they, they there is a there's a very clear facade like especially like when i was thinking the TV, about that's why the tv yeah, thing is TV so thing. good yeah yeah there's a very clear facade both of them are putting on especially when you compare it to the later episodes and especially like I, i'm even thinking a specifically a conversation where they talk about that in the very last episode was in particular to johan where he would where which where it was like oh you seem to become anyway we can probably get there i don't want to spoil a conversation but anyway yeah spoiler. um i know spoilers this is a spoiler spoiler free up until it becomes a spoiler podcast so yeah. which is whenever we want <laughs> exactly where we control the world of this podcast um yeah uh and then i think the last part i don't i, I don't mean to jump the jump the gun or anything no, no. but i think the last part is also very ties into this conversation well of like you get the facade you get what could be and then you get what it is which i think is sort of this last conversation between johan and marianne about 
you know, her pregnancy and whether or not to have an abortion. I think it's really interesting how they talk about it. Like there's, there's definitely that courtesy um, that you were talking about, Stephanie, between both of them, where it's like, what, what should I do? Well, I want to hear what you want to do. Well, it's not really up to me. It's up to you. And there's that, there's that sort of real courtesy and you, you definitely get a sense of love between them. That's prevalent in that conversation, but it's, it's interesting. I think they're, I think it's also the, if I'm not mistaken, that's the cover of the Criterion DVD, which mm-hmm. indicates is somewhat important. I that don't know was what, like, what I like you mentioned that like, there's like a sort of love between them. And that's just so interesting. Cause it's like, you can't like there, there is like obviously some level of care between them. Like mm-hmm. it's not even that they don't care about each other. Like they m- repeatedly, both of them will ask after the other person. Um, like of about in very like normal ways like and like they joke with each other and they laugh at each other's jokes and things like that and it's just so like they're clearly in a way very they fit very well together in a way and it's just so like it's so interesting to see like them just sort of fluctuate between like these really good moments and these really like like these really good moments these really apathetic moments and then these really like bad moments between them like with specifically like the talking about the abortion it's almost like because yeah as you mentioned Stephanie like they like you totally can see that they do care for each other and at that moment it almost feels like they like are caring about each other so much that like but they're also their selfish tendencies are getting like twisted in it and so they're asking a lot of leading questions in that like conversation where it's just like I want this but also I really want to be kind and so it like presents itself as a really confusing thing when you like say like it yeah they're literally like the whole conversation is like I want a specific result out of this conversation I want to make it seem like it's from yours like you also agree like they're they're like I want this but I don't want to I don't I don't want to make it seem like I want it more than you Mm -hmm. want it like I want to be assured that you want it more than I want it so I feel yeah justified in wanting it yes and it's like of course you're gonna get mixed messages from that right it's like what (laughs) but they both are doing it at each other so it's just like just yeah yeah that that communication breakdown like sets up a lot of the problems that are to come mm-hmm. i think foreshadowing is a very big part of this episode um it's like they almost don't want to step on each other's toes but they so clearly want a specific result out of whatever like conversation they're having and yeah just, there's like this buildup of passive tension yeah that's really I, I i definitely got that sense of the the goal as well for sure um yeah. I don't know. That's pretty much what we got for episode one. I don't know if there's anything else you, y'all want to cover specifically about this one. I feel like this just kind of reveals like, I mean, going into scenes from marriage, like I didn't really like, I mean, I knew I was probably going to get wrecked and it's going to be like a, like a microscope on like what a marriage could be. But I was kind of surprised that it was like so minimal. Like, the way we just described the first episode right it's like it's literally just three parts conversation three and a half conversations if you count like the hospital and the bed at like two separate locations like the first episode I think like honestly has the most scene change (laughs) 
it seems yeah. like, you know? Like, I think so. I think like, almost, and I was yeah, so yeah. caught off guard by that. I don't know if you guys were, or did you guys like even know that before like going in? Like I didn't anticipate this movie just to be kind of talking. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very ostensibly a chamber drama, which is very interesting when you compare it to like Shame, which we watched some what, <laughs> many weeks ago, where it's literally like his what version of a war it's like what is is it very much a war movie and i'm like and to see this is literally like five years apart so to see this same writer same director is very very indicative of sort of bergman's versatility i think what were you gonna say joel i totally cut you off uh i don't know it was it wasn't important but uh yeah everything I definitely had a similar is important joel everything oh everything. stop stop it wasn't but yeah, no, like the minimalism of like the set design of like the cinematography. Yeah. Of like even the each scenes. Cause yeah, towards the end, like each episode is pretty much just like one scene, in one room. So mm-hmm. when we hit the episode five, like that one's literally in one room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I was just like caught off guard. I was like, oh, this is going to be just like, it's so like, don't get me wrong, like extremely fascinating. I can listen to Liv Ullman and Urban Josephs and yell at each talk each other for hours <laughs> yeah, right. with the script. But like I was just like, whoa, it, wow. It, it is like literally going to be just talking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, there's like really interest, like how close Nike 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 Vist <laughs> the cinematographer can get in like creating this personal tension. Um in terms of the cinematography, um, I was like just really surprised how close everything was. I mean, not surprised, like for they do that all the time, but like it felt like so intimate because of the cinematography. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, I agree. Throughout the entire thing, his cinematography just amplifies every emotion. And I think the editing also just chooses when to go into each into those close-ups at like the perfect time, just throughout oh, totally. consistently. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think with that we can we can bounce to episode two. This is interesting for me because this is the one that I remember the least, which is very strange. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm, I'm, I like, I had to like, every other episode, I clearly remember what happens, generally speaking. But this one, like, I'll read you the Wikipedia thing, which literally, it's the Wikipedia summaries are trash for this. But essentially, this is what happens. Tamarian wakes up and she like decides, Johan, we're not going to go to my parents' dinner or yeah, dinner. And so they like stand, she like stands up to her parents. And then like the next scene is Johan with that colleague Eva I believe is her name and they oh, and, you know they're gonna fuck <laughs> oh yeah no 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 like definitely that is that is setting up that very specific plot point um but he he shares um poetry with that he has to share with Marianne with her and like basically like Eva just was like yeah that's pretty mediocre like yeah and then and then like the the last part just is Mar- our Marianne and um Johan just talking about you know the, the lack of joy they have in their sex life. And that's pretty much what it is. But yeah, yeah so- As a skeleton, that is literally what that episode yeah, is. Yeah, that's literally what that is. And so I, I, I struggle where to start. I, I We can go in chronological order, but it's- I have a specific thing I do want to start with actually. Okay. Like the second episode that it's like formally how these episodes are structured in terms of to read like with- episode two three four and five Bergman recaps the first episode and I find that so fascinating because like in the first episode I mean I don't think he's subtle at all in this 
whole miniseries, but like it's so fascinating, like how Bergman like almost dictates what his themes are, like in the first five minutes of like, oh, this is what you should have gotten out of like the first episode, you know? I, I found mm -hmm. that so fascinating as a technique and formal choice. Because like yeah. obviously, like I think like in the first one, we already kind of talked about it. It was like, oh, they have like a they repress all their like honesty and they don't communicate well. And then Burden just tells us that like that's the issue in the second mm -hmm. like in the first five minutes of the second episode. And I was like, whoa, why? So I don't know. Like what did you guys think about that? I, I find it interesting that as the episodes get go on, the everything that comes before is sort of shortened. So like literally, like like by the end, it's like the all that first episode is recapped is they were married for 10 years. And then it literally goes to episode three because like even some parts of this are very like trimmed down into like what essentially happens. But I I I I, I do think it's really interesting how he he picks and chooses which what we need to know from the last okay. episode into now. I definitely like see it in like tell us like to like spell out a lot of the stuff though at the same time though, right? Yeah. And it's it's interesting because I don't think Bergman necessarily is the most subtle filmmaker in the world. I think the way he no shoots everything, it, but his writing especially just like everybody like when when it when it comes to that point, like there's definitely subtleties, but like when it when it builds up to like the most dramatic moments it really doesn't hold back but well even the I, conversation about their sex life it's just like well yeah okay just tell us I guess <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah honestly for sure um so yeah I mean I, I wouldn't say it's out of the norm like when I think about it but it's it's definitely a it's a it's a stronger choice to spell out the themes than just spell out but it's also like like when I when I when I see like recap episodes of like other television series like there's a lot of plot compare that happens in like every episode compared to like the amount of plot that happens in like scenes from a marriage um so mm -hmm. I think he doesn't have anything else if he's gonna recap but to like bell out some of the themes at, at the very least at least to the point where you're I mean, caught I think up the, yeah, sorry I just think like the second one like the first one that appears in this episode like that one caught me off guard just because it was like he literally was like oh but clearly like they don't communicate well and I was like they don't say that like in the first episode none of no one's in that is like Marianne and Johan don't communicate well but like Bergman like explicitly says something of that nature in the recap right yeah I I I I, I vaguely remember that I'm not I'm not 100% sure of that specific recap but if that is the case I think I mean like what my, my question would be like what else would I mean like unless you're like gonna divulge like the entire conversation like I'm not really 100% sure of what plot you would be recapping like and I'm not sure that Bergman would want to either I don't know no I just like I was just fascinated that he that that showed up I was just like oh, oh yeah recap. interesting 100% <laughs> yeah yeah the recaps are very interesting for sure yeah I, I, wait can you hear the, the the AC in the background I heard a beep yeah <laughs> it sounded like a robot it's cool Okay, that, that's my AC so that this place doesn't become 78 degrees even though it's like overcast slash outside. All right, let me, uh, it's not that bothersome, is it? Like, no, 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 we okay, just will cool. be. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm, yeah. All right, cool. Then, yeah, I mean, so I think probably the, the part that stood out to me very much was that conversation between Eva and Johan specifically out of the entire episode. I think it's definitely because it sets up sort of the possibility of that affair to begin but I think it's really interesting 
I guess we can talk about it also now, but that she doesn't appear until like the very last episode, like the next three episodes. Yeah, again. She, she's not there. So I was, I was very curious, like Bergman makes a lot of an effort to sort of establish that. I don't know. It, it, it feels like, should he have established that? Like aside from maybe the poetry and like the possibility, like there's maybe a bit of flirtation, but like Johan didn't seem to like be like, oh, I gotta get out of this marriage or anything of that weird nature or anything like that. But I don't know. I, I just found that a very interesting scene to include in this. Um, I don't know what y'all think about that. I, I totally agree. I think like the way the set design plays in that scene too, definitely like sort of indicates an importance, I think, just because they're so like isolated on the screen together and then yeah also just like again like sh- i think like since most of the, like, the show is just johan and talking i think like seeing when the two main characters interact with like anybody else makes it pretty important so i think like this conversation definitely paints like how johan sort of views like himself and like mm-hmm. especially with that poetry part where like he's just sort of torn up he's like wow god like his ego is just so giant I guess. I think when I think about Johan, he's like, he kind of like, like wants to be really big, but he won't try unless he knows for sure he can succeed. Mm-hmm. Like he, like, I think one, I think maybe this probably partially stems from their, uh, their, um, genders, I think too. Um, and that the, the, the show sort of show the mini, mini series goes into that also later, but, um, I think Johan is like, what was, where was I going with this? He he spends a lot of time um, just being like dismissive of Marianne wanting more. Like whenever Marianne wants mm-hmm. to change or something, or she wants to like go somewhere different on vacation or whatever, um, they just he's he is just constantly at odds with her desire to like change and grow. And I think Marianne feels the feels the need to change and grow because she admits later on we're not really i'm not really following our 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 self-professed timeline and talking about this but later on she confesses that she feels like very trapped by her role as a mom and she had wanted to do more and johan is like totally against that like a lot of the time and so yeah and then like later in the episode when they're talking about their sex life i just think like they both spend so much time like justifying it to themselves like both Mm -hmm. of them are are like they don't want to acknowledge that they are not good together they're like no we're great together we don't need to have a good sex life to be a good couple what are you talking about like neither of them wants to face that it's just like yeah no yeah i agree with both your points joelle and stephanie especially for like the poetry um scene i think it's i think it's super important honestly even though like that woman doesn't come back Oh, not that woman um what's her name again Ava doesn't come back till episode six like I think it like it reveals a couple it reveals like Johan's ego and how he views again how he views himself but like also kind of the insecurities that he does not want to admit you know I think that's a lot of the issue with him as a character is like he doesn't want to admit like any insecurities or flaws about himself um and that kind of plays into your part of Stephanie like Johan often presents wants to see himself as bigger and only 
will want to do so if he succeeds but like he doesn't want to admit that like he only does it when he wants to succeed he knows he'll succeed either way um and then also like revealing that like oh like personal poetry is only going out to like a colleague rather than Marianne like the person that's supposed to be your confidant best friend like the person you're supposed to like tell everything and be honest to like they always admit that like, oh, we're honest with one another, but like you have something so intimate and personal as poetry and it's not going out to Marianne. Like, what does that mean? You know, why do you not want to reveal that? Is it because you don't want to be seen as great in her eyes if you know it's going to suck? Um, so yeah, that was just my thoughts about the poetry scene. I, I think it plays a really important thing. Also, just the way Ava presents herself, you know, she like wants Johan so badly. <laughs> yeah. There's, she definitely is flirting with him to a very noticeable level. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I agree with the characterization of Johan. I think also, like, as I recall, in that in that end conversation with Marianne, he's just like, his, his, his way of solving everything is like, why do you got to complicate everything? You know, this doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. we, we can just go to bed and just like live our lives. And there, he, I, I definitely agree with that, with that sort of notion that he's a very, I think he also says that about the abortion, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does too. And I, I think it fits into that initial episode where he's just like this very confident person and any sort of attempts to sort of like like take down that, um, take down his self-assuredness like in conversations or being vulnerable in general, I think like makes him highly uncomfortable and just like he, he, he becomes very defensive, which I think plays into a lot of his growth over the over the miniseries for sure this this man has the fucking audacity to be all like why do you complicate things to his wife while he is having an affair 100 <laughs> percent. i i yeah it's really interesting because I, I thought about this actually in the next episode and we'll probably get there but like was he having the affair during this episode or did the affair happen i'm not sure what the timeline is but either way, it's like that defense is pretty, pretty, pretty pathetic when you think about it, for sure. Like it's it's complicating things unless it's boosting my ego. Like, yeah, yeah I think Johan's. I think I know whose side Stephanie's that's on. I know. I'm, I feel like I shouldn't be, but I feel so strongly about I know, who I, I would side with. Um, But it's just like Johan's like combination of like apathy self-satisfaction and just like like refusal he like so he like boxes himself in mentally he's like i don't want to see where i could be if it's just gonna make Mm -hmm. me sad like i don't want to see where i how much better i could get i would rather cut off my potential and so i would feel better about myself and it makes me so angry because when his actions like hurt other people and they cause him to do do and say really shitty things to his wife <laughs> that just it makes really me interesting yeah. bad things he says and i was like wow that is really bad we'll talk about it later and how much marianne just like will agree with him a lot of the time or maybe she's angry underneath and i i think she might be like marianne goes through like a journey of self-discovery i think and so initially i think she's She's like a lot less housewife Johan, and then later she's more. So yeah, it's just like sometimes when Johan talks, I'm like, leave him, Marianne, leave him. <laughs> I was like, like shouting that at my TV. I was like, oh my god, dump him, just take your children and run. <laughs> oh my god, like sometimes, 
Like, I support men's rights. Men's rights to shut the fuck up. Oh my god. <laughs> Just, sorry. Johan, Johan made me really angry. I feel like I know who... Agreed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Nothing, nothing there was, yeah, wrong. That is... That's 100% Johan. Yeah, that's 100% Johan. Like, I can't say anything else. Like, that's... And I think it's really interesting, like, when we go to episode three sort of, I think you, you touched upon sort of wow, Eva's sort transition. of, oh yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting, um, or I'm not fully pivoting, I don't know, we can't fully pivot, I don't know, does anybody else have anything to say about this episode? I can pivot. No, other than the, them talking about their sex scene, sex life, not sex <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> they, they, they're talking, at a meta level talking about, no, I'm kidding, yeah. um, <laughs> just like, <laughs> No, just like them talking about their sex life and how lifeless it is and like as Stephanie pointed out like they always constantly try to justify like oh I mean it's totally fine that we don't you know um and like almost a way to just reassure themselves that everything is okay even though it's definitely not yes and I think that not comes into fruition in episode three it's essentially all in that one it's it's it we get we start to get into those smaller set pieces the longer scenes um and here it pretty much takes place in their one countryside house what appears to be but um basically um johan returns from work and informs marianne that he has fallen in love with a woman named paula who is important, you will never see in this TV miniseries ever. Um, she's off screen, but he's like, I've fallen in love with her and I'm going to leave for about eight months to go live abroad. And he's like, you can take the children, the house and the marriage, goodbye. And he leaves. And that's pretty much what Johan does. And so wait, when you, when, so that's, that's, that is literally the plot of that entire episode. Um, it was like kind of amazing how he's just like, I have fallen in love with a girl and we are going to leave for eight months. Yeah. <laughs> he was so like, chill when shit? he said that. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was disturbing how chill he was when he said that. Like, Stephanie like, is like rising. Well, no, it's I definitely agree because there's like a premeditation to this that is that makes it feel like it's so chill. Like he he's definitely like thought about how this conversation is gonna go. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's gonna surprise him. Like he's thought about this. That's why you know I like see the serial killer shit, and it's like you, you, they premeditate for so long that the killings are so cold. This is exactly what's ha- it's happening. And I there's a lot to talk about in this episode. I think the place that I want to start with is I think we were talking. Yeah, we were just talking about it, but sort of Mary Ann's sort of reactions to to this particular everything he's saying is caught me off guard quite a bit. Because if I were Mary Ann, I'm putting myself in, in the situation. I would be way more pissed off than I think she is. But she, whether it be out of shock or just like this unpreparedness or perhaps just where she sees herself in the relationship, there's sort of like a a bit of a curiosity like I there I, I can't point to specific examples and I maybe I'm projecting this or I'm making this up in my mind just based off of memory but it feels like when he's saying that when he like she's questioning more of the logistics rather than how could this have happened like there's less emotional anger towards Johan and more like where did this go wrong exactly um which was interesting I don't know um that's a point to start but I don't know what stood out to you all in this in this particular exchange between the two of them and yeah i mean johan is way too chill oh sorry (laughs) 
What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Johan is so chill when he's it's it's so disturbing that he just like, yeah, I fall in love with this woman. I'm leaving tomorrow. It sucks to suck. He just he just says that. And then I think Marianne like her I think her reaction is very indicative of where her character development is at that point. Like she is still in denial. Um and she's she like wants to know about the woman that he's sleeping with and then i think also also extra point against johan he mentions that paula is like i think 23 or she's like getting her degree so like extra extra boo for johan uh fuck johan anyways um and then and then like marianne what stephanie do you not like johan no marianne straight up like offers to help him pack yeah to, meet, yeah. He like yeah, yeah, yeah. to make him breakfast and i was like girl girl we've got to sit you down you gotta turn away don't look back don't look back but um, like i think she, like she's obviously still in denial johan just wants to get out and fuck a nice young booty and just like it just like yeah <laughs> That's just that's basically what happened. Okay, so we need to we need to gauge. And Johan has children. He is a father, and he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna pop up for eight months. I was like, so what level are we at right now? Had fucking born and carried two children, and had and my fucking husband was like, I'm gonna go on vacation for eight months. I'd be like, you're going on vacation forever. You are not coming back. Bye. <laughs> like, the level of disrespect that Johan has is astounding. I can't wait till we get to episode six. <laughs> no, five. Actually, episode five. I can't wait till yeah. we get to episode yeah. five. I want to keep stepping This, is, this is gonna go longer than I thought it would, so I'm gonna get my charger. <laughs> That was so impassioned. I don't even know where, where, to, so where to kick off. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, I think what talk? made that. I mean, I think I think, I what think made that, that summarizes it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this so, reaction. There's something. Too. <laughs> she did. Uh, yeah, that's the power of the sin. Yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> No, I think something interesting that Stephanie points out is like how Marianne's reaction is really indicative of like where she is at as like a development as a character. Because like what I found so interesting was like not only was she like, oh, I'm going to help you pack, but also she was still mad. But then she would like calm down and then she'd be mad again. It was like kind of like an up and down. Like she didn't know what to even think of the situation because she's so unsure of herself as a person. Um, That like the questioning is like, I feel like a much more confident person might. I mean, I feel like, of course, like if someone cheated on you, like there was always that like doubt of like, what did I do wrong? But that's like one of the first things like, and I think is like the most prevalent thing in her mind throughout the whole movement movie or the not the, the episode where she just kind of consistently blames herself and like does anything she can to accommodate johan in the in him in him because she, like she feels like she failed as like a person as a wife um and i find that kind of interesting in terms of like being really indicative of who she is as a person and where she is on her little hero cycle or character or development a pill battle you know yeah i, I think it's also interesting sort of how her tactics sort of change like I, I I'm thinking mm-hmm. about this 
and I like there's there's a point like towards the later half of the episode where she's just like we need to make love right now and yeah it's it's, it it, it, I think there's definitely like a way that like it fix it (laughs) yeah like fix it like like literally it's a last ditch attempt because I I'm not because literally like what like the thing is it is so shocking is that Johan just literally just drops all his shit there's like nothing she can threaten him with because he's like, you take fuck all. Like I'm just gonna go to wherever Europe or France, wherever like like France. UK or France, Paris. France. Yeah, I'm just gonna go to France with you know like like what I got, like my clothes. And so there's nothing material. It's it's literally a hundred percent of an emotional decision. And I think I think that's the part that like I would struggle with. It's like fuck. Like also like you're leaving tomorrow. That's a, that's the other thing. I, like he's he's leaving tomorrow. Like like there's no like timetable. Like, sure, like, you can leave for eight months. Just give me, like, a week's notice. But no, I'm leaving, like, tomorrow morning. Another horrible decision. But, yeah, I I think I, I agree. Like, Mary, I think Marianne's development as, like, a, in the cycle of the character development over the series, I think, like, takes a big, like swing here like this sort of forces her into changing and becoming like just a much different person than we saw in that interview in, in the first episode yeah and also yeah. like something you mentioned Rohan I was just like and Stephanie of just like how cold he comes off like I think it's so interesting to think about like how much he has planned this, this, this situation of like this is how it's gonna go and I'm not going to let my emotions or anything really take it's almost like I need to get out of this cold or else it's gonna be really dangerous planned it for minimum casualty for himself Mm -hmm. yeah and like even later on in the episode she finds out that her friends have been in on it the whole time (gasps) yeah and so yes yeah Mm -hmm. that like like the entire situation like even from before Johan told her he's like already sick getting her her up to like have like maximum emotional hurt when he like pull like pulls the wool over her eyes or whatever and he's like like he clearly was like i'm gonna tell her and then i'm gonna leave i am not going to give her any chance to process this information i'm out and so it's just like like he does not want to take responsibility at all for what he's doing and i'm sure if marianne had like been angry at him he would have had like a thousand reasons like why it was fine it was expected or it's fine for him to do what he did yeah i i i think it's i i, I do agree I, I i i also like literally 20 seconds before you talked I, I before you mentioned it i also just remembered the uh that I, I forgot to include that in the as like the end note that's how this episode ends i, I think it's really interesting it sort of it sort of like informs it informed me at least of just like if i wasn't paying attention to the first two episodes it it, it shows just where where sort of her position in the relationship is is like the in sort of the traditional housewife sort of role that she's you know been put in you know Johan has this Johan is cheating very openly with everybody like everybody like I was shocked as like you're I forget who she called but she's like does anybody else know and the the friend was like we all know and I'm like clearly she's in on the dark and there's sort of this like lack of control over like the people almost that she knows as friends so there's this idea of like even if she's feeling alone in the relationship, but like there's nowhere to turn to. Like it feels like there's just a betrayal and she's all alone. And I think that change comes into effect over the next couple of episodes. But yeah. I mean, there's also probably like a societal like critique going on there. It's like, why does not 
why is the woman out of the loop? You know, like no one feels any sympathy to actually tell her like about the situation or inform her. Like, what does that say about our society as a whole? Like, why would we want to side with the person who is like clearly the philanderer? Philanderer is that the right word? The more yeah. evil person. <laughs> yeah. Or because like I don't think Bergman even like tries to justify the cheating, you know. Like, I don't like you could make an argument of like, oh, it's like a Western society thing to like create this binary of like who's bad or good. And we've like all kind of like considered Johan's situation as bad. But like, I don't even think Bergman himself is like, yeah, Johan is, has some validity, you know? I, I kind of agree with that. Because if he, if he did, I feel like there'd be much more backstory as to how the affair came to be mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And there'd be some sort of justification out of their way. But that's, that's, that's yeah very interesting sorry i, I, I didn't mean to cut it off no 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 it's it's also just like interesting just how i mean if you look at it this whole mini series in a general scope of things like it's very much the rise of marianne and the fall of Johan. like that's how i felt this whole mini mini series was good was being what was you know and it's interesting to think about that because i think like going in i thought it'd be much more kind of I mean I think it's still balanced relatively but like it puts like it's complicated in the sense that it is a rise and fall but like it, yeah it's complicated in that notion but I think when you think about complicated like in complex themes you often think like it's gonna be this balanced power dynamic where you don't know who to side on but like it's so easy to kind of see like who is in the right and in the wrong and Bergman does like doesn't really do anything to be like yeah well y'all Johan just really loved that girl you know yeah all right sorry if you can get... happening again no no my cat my cat my cat likes to meow and get our attention when it's hungry and so I believe it is either meowing at my very loudly in the living room or loudly in front of my door. Either way, hopefully you can't hear it, but I just hear mouth, mouth, mouth. It's like 7 a.m. all over again. Anyway, um, yeah, no, so I forget. I was formulating a thought in response, but I forget now because of stupid cat. Cats are not stupid. I mean, you haven't met my cat. My cat is particularly <laughs> stupid. Not all cats, but my cat doesn't respond to its name. Like, it just doesn't. So we literally just have to, if we want its attention, and even then it's like a 25% chance that it works. Um, <laughs> cute. Yeah, 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 he's, he's also, he's chunky and he's kind of cute, so that also helps, but yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, he's, he's he, although, oh, okay, side tangent. The other day, my, my, my we have like a, a weird, like, like incline on our house. So like my, my, my roommates in the bottom level, like their window, like goes to the ground of like the outside. My cat literally jumped and like broke through the screen. Cause the window was open, broke through the screen. Like the screen is bent and he like ran outside and just wanted to chill outside. And we're like, geez, we need to get like a cat harness and like walk this cat. Cause like he, he like stares out the window all the time, but that's the first time he like literally broke through the window to keep broke through the window. I was very shocked. I looked at the, like they had to unbend the frame. I was like, oh my God, this cat. Anyway, <laughs> less about my cat. Um, More about broken marriages. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to make that pivot, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to pivot from, from, from one to the it's other, okay. I guess. I hosted podcasts for two months, you know, I'm perfect at the transitions. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh-huh. same here, same here, clearly, but yeah, I think, oh, fuck, I forget where we were, does anybody, 
I, I'll just say this. Does anybody have any other comments on the third episode? Because we're also, yeah, just for time's sake, I'm trying, I'm trying to time this out. Also, I mean, wait. this is like the clear plot device episode, right? Like the, and he introduces just something so traumatic and then it's like, okay, well now we have to figure out the downfall. Like there hasn't been anything up to up, this, up to this point where there's like no clear defining like moment of like that was massive. Yeah, 100%. And I think this that- This is like, like the first biggest crack. Yeah, and going back to like the recaps, like all the recaps from here on in, like summarize like the first two episodes is like, they were married for 10 years and then he left. And then that's, a, and then everything else gets described. And like, that's how they, and so I, I agree. This is probably the more monumental like shift in the entire miniseries. It's like that two, this is one. And there's another one that will be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, does, do anybody else have any, any thoughts on episode three before we head on, head into the sunshine that is number four? No thoughts, no. just vibes. Yeah, just vibes. Gotcha. All right. So we'll head into number four. Actually, question. How, this is just a, I haven't done part episodes. How long do we, does it, does the podcast go before we like, are like, hey, we need to like split this up. No, no definitive no, answer. Three and a half hour top 10 in 2021. Okay. I think it's we can get there. It's up to you, Rohan. It's up to oh, you. Oh no. Just, AD, I, just ADR it or something. Like if you think that this warrants a part two, just be like, and this end, part one of this, blah, 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 and then cut it. Like, do it yourself. Like, just talk yourself. We don't okay. have to do that. Okay, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll edit that in post if, if that happens. Big brain. Big brain. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So we'll just head into episode four then. So episode four is again one giant set piece in like a confined space but essentially this takes place after his eight month absence in France um Johan comes back and meets with uh, Marianne um basically Marianne wants to like just say hey before you leave again we should probably finalize this divorce because that seems like what we should probably be doing about now um and there's a bit of a uh interesting awe volatility that's introducing to the relationship I would say at this point where the the feelings are definitely there but also like there's basically like there's points where they're very intimate there's points where um you know they're fighting and i would say by the end like Johan essentially talks basically like leaves after like both of them are like let's let's go to bed together and Johan is like no and it sort of ends with like this ambiguous note of where does it go from here but yeah i'd say that's Hopefully that made sense, but um, yeah. So I think I think this was the one where, if if nothing else, this specific one just feels so much smaller than because even with the like the past, like we were talking about how things get smaller and smaller. I think this is the episode where I notice it because like first two episodes, there's a lot of scene changing. Third episode, this pa- the one before, the house is fairly large, so I don't feel like we're even though we're confined. Like this one feels like it's like two or three rooms that like a college student rents out. Like it feels so, so small and very claustrophobic that like everything sort of is enhanced. Like the close, like there, it feels like you have to get close because there's no other room. Like if I was a person in that room, there's no other place where I could be other than like very close and intimate with the conversations that are happening. So I think that goes back to Sven, Sven, right? That's the first name of 
night Chris, I forget, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. the cinematographer, yes, Ben. That's, that's like the biggest point I took away with. I don't know if you, if this is where you all noticed it, but like the pattern sort of, and I think it even gets smaller and like the production design changes like next episode, but- um, well, The next episode production design is something I want to talk about. But... Yeah, that's that's definitely, yeah. I, I want to talk about that too, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to start with sort of how, like, I think this is the part also where time sort of like changes very drastically that, that I noticed mm-hmm. like there like like it feels like I think ellipsis is the word we we use because I remember yes. from personal shopper we learned that specific term but yes big brain I remember You're film welcome. club You're exactly welcome. thank you thank you I'm teaching um, um nice that people actually listen to those presentations I listen you have everybody always all presentations I try to listen and try to take away at least one thing I try but yeah anyway anyway I think it's really interesting to see their characters change without us seeing it change over that period of time like like I think we definitely see Marianne begin to change they're sort of like like she begins an affair with David I believe is his name and it's really interesting how over the co- oh yeah and it's really interesting how sort of over the course she like basically dumps David like like three-fourths of the way through the episode she like she picks up the phone and is just like yeah I, he's still here I'm with him we're going to bed together don't call me ever again I, I think it's sort of interesting her her thing too I don't know I'm I, keep, I feel like I'm rambling so if anybody wants to say no, no. anything about any of that or I think it's interesting that you wrote you like I don't I mean if they never really dictate like how much time has passed so it's interesting that you like think that there's like a giant momentum like time shift that happened because like I think in the characterizations it's like a very different like I think that's like the most dramatic like characterization development that's going on so I wonder if like either it's a lot of time has passed or they like they are starting or at least Marianne is starting to find herself is that necessarily correlated with time or do we just assume that time has led to a big jump in character development Mm. I have now it looks like I puzzled Rohan Mm. (laughs) yeah it's it's Oh, you go ahead, Sam. I don't think Marianne has made as much self-growth at this point as she appears no, to. No, that's like episode five. And six. Yeah, like I think David was probably her like rebound guy, but the fact that she like calls him and it's like, no, my husband, my husband's back. I'm back with my, I'm going to sleep with my husband, I think is telling that she hasn't fully gotten over whatever she needs to get over at that point. I don't know about time-wise. I don't I don't know that I thought very hard about it. I was just like, oh, some time has passed. Um mm-hmm. but it's it's almost as if their character development dictates time. Yeah. Yeah. The way I yeah. experienced it at least. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think part of the reason why I felt there was this time change is that there is this longing between both of them that is sort of a new aspect to the relationship where I feel like they're like especially when they first like when when Johan first enters and like there's 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 a courtesy but like there's a different sort of like wall that they're putting between each other rather than between like I don't know it, it just feels like like they're they're purposefully like like trying to hide but then there's these moments where like you know they'll 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 kiss each other or they will go to bed with each other and you know there's sort of this aspect of they want to get 
rid of each they like want to separate but that that bond between them is just so strong that it has to like sort of you know like i i, I don't know how to describe it but it's like other yeah, i think bonds, there's like yeah there's like a line I think Marianne says it where she's like, I'm bound to you and like, I don't know why or something like that. I think, yeah, which is like, I guess you could speak to why there, it was a spike in divorces in Sweden is that like, I feel like the series sort of like paints love like that as almost like a burden of like having to constantly be giving yourself to another person despite like the like constant changes that people go through. I don't know. But yeah, so it almost seems like the relationship is like a, a nuisance towards your lives because now it's inescapable. I mean, I guess it should be like, ideally, it should be equal amounts give and take. But I guess when it's all take as it is in some moments, it's like not good. Yeah, I, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but like is at this point, does Yo, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of where Johan, Johan's sick of Paula by this point, right? Like, I think he says that in this episode or or is that like a new thing? I think, yeah, he says like she's like immature or something, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, know... she's like 15 years younger than you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not because... more. Yeah. Which is also, I think it just like is also another like way, gateway into like understanding Johan and like who he is as a person and kind of how shitty or constantly says like oh paula sucks and then <laughs> he's still whisper you know like that that like the way he talks about is it in this one where they talk about how they constantly fight but then they come back together I think so. I think so. Yeah, like the one where it was like, I hated having sex with her, but then after this like toxic fight, it felt better. I think so. Is that in this episode? I, I think so. it's either in this one or the next one, but uh, it was like the next one could be it, it, for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. But even still, be. like the revelation that their 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 relationship is quite toxic um and not healthy, and yet he still chooses to stay with her is another kind of facet into who he is as a person, you know. Like there is a part of I think that relationship makes him feel better about himself. Like his clinging on to Marianne, even though he is with Paula, I think gives him a sense of superiority of like well at least I still have someone in the back you know Mm -hmm. like even if I have this very toxic relationship like it almost seems like he uses Marianne away as like a tool in his other relationship to just be like blackmailing in a sense not blackmailing but like creating this sense of superiority of like well I can't I I can't fall back to something like he's like yeah he's like waving it in her face like oh even though Paula and I fight we fought so much that a hotel sent us to a different hotel but she's still better than you like he mm-hmm. he waves it in her face and also i think johan is just like loath to be loath to be wrong like he's the one who left and broke it off and he's not about to come back yet and admit that he regrets it even though it sucks you know mm-hmm. like he almost just uses both of them as tools of like i have this person so do as i say oh i have this person do as i like you know that kind yeah. of they she almost uses them as like well i can just go to that person i can just go to that person like, yeah, yeah it's his he's he's like 
taking advantage of Marianne's like residual feelings toward him and he's all mm-hmm. like I he mentions explicitly that Paula is like scared that he'll go back to Marianne mm-hmm. and I'm sure that in the, in on the, the last other, episode yeah I'm sure at the other end of it he like he is also dangling of like a veiled threat of like oh I have another woman or something yeah, it kind of it kind of seems like he's using one person to escape from the other, and mm-hmm. basically, yeah. when whenever he's tired, he just moves on. I think it's really interesting. Another, I, I was going through my notes, and then one other one specific part I remember is the the part where um, Marianne she's been journaling, and she's like, "I I'll, I want to read you sort of you know the thoughts that I've been having about myself and our relationship," and then Johan falls asleep in the middle of it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, and, 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 it, and it, I, I think like that was very, I think I, I remember that in specifically that context of like, oh, you know, he's he, he's sort of like a, a, a drifter in a sense that he doesn't really have a place to call home anymore. Like you see, like he talks about how like Paula's like doesn't support him, like seeing, forget what his children's names are, but um, both uh, of the- Karen and Eva. Oh. Karen and Eva? Yeah. Interesting. I. I don't know. Side thought: the the girl from episode two is also named Eva. I feel like it would be really weird if I like like not that I would ever do this, but like like if I had an affair with somebody who has had the same name as my daughter. Anyway, just like a weird weird thing. Just like period weird. Um, it says on the Wikipedia page, it says Eva, comma calling to Johan, and Eva, comma twelve year old daughter to Johan. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay, so like there that's is a common enough Swedish name. Still, like I would like even like I, I would still kind of avoid it at all costs. Like like he clearly anyway. We can get into there. There's there's lots of uh, women in his life that he he's potentially fancying. So anyway, we can get to that when we get to the later parts. But um, I forget where I was. But I I think it's uh, I think yeah I think it, I was at like sort of there's like this aspect of loneliness. He doesn't feel at home either way. And yes, the Paul Paula doesn't really support his life with Marianne and sort. Of, that jealousy and that toxicity of sort of, you know, isolating him further from what he, I think, kind of sought after in his, you know, a relationship with Paula. Yeah. And again, to um, go back to the point you brought up of like him sleeping when like she is like, well, let me, let me tell you what I've been doing in therapy. I guess also provides another gateway of like who he is as a person who like didn't care at all about Marianne um, and her own findings as long as if she does not serve a purpose to him, he doesn't care, you know. Yeah. If I had to pick a moment in the series where I was like peak okay, angry, it was when like the camera panned to Johan and he was sleeping. Like I swear to God, I was like, just do it, just suffocate. Like, it'll be worth it. I was like, the like well again, it's like the level of disrespect to one person's like feelings is just and especially after his history of being dismissive and he has it it was specified earlier in the episode that johan is the one that wanted to come over because eva's like oh on such short notice i didn't have time to dress up so johan is the one that wants to come over and do whatever the fuck he wants to do and then he has the audacity as as marianne's guest 
to fall asleep when she is like having these really important revelations about herself. Like the the amount of disrespect is appalling. Like I cannot I cannot believe it. Like I was I think that's is that the end of the episode? I don't remember. Like it just yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was like really angry after that. Like I finished that episode. I was like fuming and I was like brushing my teeth. I was like, I can't believe Johan did that. <laughs> like I was just like I was carrying a lot of my anger but he like and she's so like she's so honest about it and she's like like I felt so bad for Marianne and then the camera just pans and Johan is sleeping on her couch and I was just like oh my god like I, I if I could have strangled him I would have I think my god, <laughs> just my like, god. I mean are We're you not also infuriated I am infuriated would you not be absolutely infuriated like i would have woken him up and just like like get out of my house right now like the the amount you of disrespect you're suffocate I, I just want to say that this podcast does not endorse suffocating people just wanted to get that out there but continue like i i don't know it's just like the it's it's very frustrating and as i as i've hinted like i've i felt the way marianne has felt before when i have like felt deeply really like importantly about something in like my own head or heart or whatever and has and has someone have someone else to dismiss that or ignore that or act like they were not complicit or contributing to like the way that I might have negatively felt or to deny that or to like look the other way instead of having to take responsibility for their actions is infuriating. And it is like, like the amount of righteous anger that I felt was like very large. And I was, I was just so angry at Johan like that, like that one moment. And it was just one shot. All Ingmar did was just pan the camera over to the couch where this piece of shit was sleeping and like, oh my goodness. I like, I might have, like, I think I may have even naively thought like Marianne would say, like reveal her feelings. And like, I was like, wow, maybe Johan will hear this and maybe he will like have a little bit of remorse, but no, he was fucking sleeping. It's just so telling of Johan's character, like his selfishness, like, his selfishness and refusal to take responsibility and the refusal to like put in effort is absolutely abhorrent. Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. like the last like the like like your last imp- impassioned speech. I do not know how to respond, but except to say <laughs> I agree. He's kind of a piece of shit, and this yeah. is coming from, would not from, marry him. Yeah, yeah. and no, this is coming from somebody. No. And I share the last four letters of his first name, and he's still a piece of oh, shit. Huh? <laughs> I'm realizing as I keep mentioning his name that it sounds a lot like your name. Yeah, it it didn't help with my experience of like detaching the shittiness of him from me. So anyway, side note there. Rohan, you uh, are not a shitty husband. Thank you. It's surprising if I if I if I am a husband I'm definitely a shitty husband because I don't even know if I'm a husband period so I will just oh, put that out yeah there. Uh, You're yeah. A husband? <laughs> <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think that covers episode four I don't know if we have anything else to say about that cool I think we can 
we can we can move on yeah (laughs) yeah we can move on to the tornado slash hurricane slash boat that is the episode five which is interesting um i i say that in terms of this is my favorite episode i yeah i don't say that in terms of how good the episode is i i say it in the context of their relationship because this is this this one happens sometime after episode four um basically um, they've gotten all the paperwork together and Johan comes over to Marianne's place and they're, the goal is to sign the papers. And what ensues is like a huge argument um, between them. This is the, the if there was an Oscars real moment, this is like the, the Oscars real like argument that reveals a lot of stuff, including the fact that like the intention of Johan during that, th- during this entire time is to try to not get the divorce. But Marianne, we see a lot of growth from her. She's like, I am not gonna stop this out of pity for you anymore. And it ends very bitterly and kind of tragically with like basically um, Johan physically like assaults Marianne at the end and both of them just like afterwards like she's bleeding she washes up and they literally sign the papers and that's the end of the episode and it's a very hard-hitting episode kind of hard to watch at some at many moments not some many moments but yeah I I I think I think we'll we'll start with the production design which is I don't even know what's going on I mean it's just like like it's like you look at the walls and it's 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 white like there's nothing like i mm-hmm. like i just all i remember is the color white pretty, pretty much from this episode and like the desk that has the papers and then them too no, but the thing is it's like it starts out white and then as you progress through the episode like furniture appears that's uh mm-hmm. i i have not yeah and i was like is this trying to like t- is he like trying to time it because like the film or the, this episode, like, the arc is, like, they start off, like, we're gonna get the divorce, and then they, like, go into this, like, weird, oh, we shouldn't get the divorce, like, this very touchy thing, and then it ends with them being, like, nah, yeah, we, we should get the divorce, and I was trying to figure out if, like, the development of the production of, like, him adding, like, a bookshelf or, like, that sofa was, like, yeah. timed in how, but I, it didn't seem that way, but, like, was I hallucinating? like it wasn't completely it, they weren't in a white box the whole time they, they yeah, weren't they were. it felt like it but it they weren't I'm, I'm scrolling through the episode on criterion channel and they weren't there was like a couch and then a desk and some chairs and then it went away and then it would go away and then there was like just on the ground like at the end i'm pretty sure like there's <laughs> they also yeah. have sex in this episode oh yeah yes i feel like it's pretty important <laughs> yeah i think i think part of it's also like i'm, I'm like every time i'm scrolling through it's pretty much just like close-ups of them it's very hard to gauge what's around the room at any given time because mm-hmm. like there's not really an emphasis on everything that's going around it's literally just their face and minimal stuff but but yeah it's a uh, I feel like I feel like the production design at that point either way is stripping down is is stripping down everything and sort of indicating at least to me like this is this is the core of the problems this is where shit goes down and everything's stripped from them the facades are all gone and this is just the resentment that's been building up for however many years it's been at this point so mm-hmm. i think it's really interesting um it's interesting to also think about this episode and just like how it's timed you know because this episode could i feel like it wouldn't have the impact without the first four you know it's like we've developed to this moment it's almost surprising that like he didn't like physically assault her earlier because there are times where he has literally said i want to 
to hit you. I want to kill you. I want you dead. You know, like he said those things, you know. And I, it, yeah. I think he yeah. said it in the third episode. Like, I'm so tired of you. I just want to like hate. I feel like sometimes days, like, I just want to hit you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember that now. I mean, and so for that to like finally actually happen and it like proving as like the break that needed. Like this would I would constitute as the second crack, biggest thing. Yeah, this feels like the culmination of like all the like the tension they've been like holding throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the series, really. I, I I think it's really interesting to sort of go through it. I think Stephanie, you, yeah, I was also scrolling and yeah, that reminded me of sort of like how this actually started, which was Marianne and Johan actually try to they like have sex at the beginning mm-hmm. of this before they sign anything. I think it's which is the only time they have sex in the episode, like in this whole in this series. series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every other time is sort of loosely implied, or it's aftermath Mm -hmm. or something. This is like legitimately they have sex on camera, which I don't know. That's a it's a really interesting decision, I think, to put it here. I mean, to to me, interesting because it's like this. It almost like it kind of shows how the power dynamic in this relationship has kind of change because it's Marianne taking the initiative and then mm-hmm. just being like okay I'm done thank you <laughs> 100% that's very much reflected in sort of how she deals with Johan telling her like like oh I, I, do, I don't want to get the divorce let's just mm-hmm. come back together and she's like no I'm not going to do this out of no, pity I, for you yeah. anymore yeah it's not a, it's not a, it's not Johan centric decision making anymore per se she feels it feels like she's she's taken this she's developed much more into this different person yeah one like at this point now it's Johan is desperate for Marianne <laughs> instead of vice versa and so Marianne has sex with him and she's like cool I just wanted to do that to make sure I didn't miss you <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> I it was just like like the oh like the tables have turned. It's not it's now the opposite. And I mean I don't I don't recommend having sex with someone to make sure you got over with them, but I was like, good for you, Marianne. Good for her. Good for her. And like Johan is so desperate and like it it escalates into physical confrontation where he like won't let her call the taxi to to leave. He won't. He doesn't want her to leave. He doesn't want to get the divorce. And he's just like like now he's him hitting her is like the most pathetic thing he's ever done. Like it's like the last act of desperation for him. Yeah. It's like like just throughout the whole series it's like him yelling at her but like and like giving like bad verbal jabs you know but this is like his last act of desperation and it's the most pathetic and they both realize that I feel like at the end and also both realize that you just can't do this anymore or someone is going to not only get mentally hurt but literally physically hurt yeah I think it's I think it's super interesting just the tactics like like not even just the hitting but like during that entire thing like like just like not letting her leave, like locking the door, mm-hmm. like they, they locked the door earlier to make sure that, you know, the, the, the guard or whatever doesn't come in while they're having sex. But like, just being like, oh, you're not allowed to leave anymore. Like I have the keys. I'm, I'm taking, I, I'm going to try to take what perceived control I have of this relationship um, from you. And it, it, it just, it, I, I agree. It's childish. It's really, pathetic's a great word to use, but it just feels like I, appalling. Very much. That's probably the best word I would say that I would use. It's appalling, for sure. 
trying to think. I just love how Bergman kind of cuts. It's like the hit and then this sad, like, I guess we'll just sign the papers now. Like how yeah. quick that is. Yeah. And it's very quiet. Like, that's it. That's yeah. It. And it's very quiet as well. Cause like, like literally, like, I think it's, it's a great ending cause it's very quiet. They're just signing the papers and then the voiceover comes in and it's like, this is the fifth episode of scenes from a marriage. And then you just You're see. looking at Pharaoh. Yeah. Also kind of love how he just like inserts Pharaoh at the end of every episode and there's no credits. It's just like, I will read the credits to you. Kind of, kind of wholesome and kind of like a good de-stressor. It's like, I don't have to see anything. I should just oh, listen yeah. and like enjoy the beauty. Like, I, I feel like that was a good tactic, you know, um, just generally, but yeah. Um, side note, side note. I feel like everyone should just verbally say the credits. In my opinion. That would, it's much more, much more interactive. Yeah, but I also feel like, I mean, I was looking at it. They had a budget of $150,000 for all six episodes. Like, imagine, like, reading the credits of, like, The Suicide Squad. That would take another, like, at least 20 minutes <laughs> onto the runtime. And I'm pretty sure nobody would endorse that. I would not endorse it because people would stay longer than they should um at the movie theaters anyway side tangent um yeah um yeah i i i think that that was by far like i think my favorite ending or the my favorite way that the any of the episodes have ended i think it's probably the better yeah i think about it is that like johan totally could have kept refusing to sign the papers but by by um by revealing his vulnerability and his desperation he has already lost and yes, he knows yes. that and so that's why he signs them in the end and it's very like like pathetic sad like the way that mm-hmm. you mentioned it like um how he has clearly squandered something that could have been very good for him and now he like he has like it's he has no no one to blame but himself for being such a like shitty partner i'm interested to hear what you have to say about episode six then because you have been so anti-yohan that's true i have i know we could we could my podcasting host with the ability to say this is a perfect point to transition to episode six does anybody else have anything we're signing our divorce papers now we're going to episode six Cool. All right. Then I guess we'll we'll head on to episode six. Basically, it, it gives us like it's been years since the divorce where we see Marianne visiting her mother. She asks about like sort of the physical intimacy of their parents' relationship and sort of just a general relationship. Um, her father has passed re- passed recently, so we also discuss sort of the ash dispersal, I believe they're talking about. Anyway, so they talk about that. And then we also see Johan, who, surprise, surprise, is with Ava. Also, possibly, you know, also, he has a wife. Also, they both are married. They both remarried. But but then he also alludes to this mysterious lover that turns out to be Marianne. And years before this, or a year, a year or so before the events of this episode, they started having an affair. They go to their original countryside house that was in episode three. They think there's too many memories compared to like the hotels they've usually been hooking up in. So instead they go to a cottage. They, they have like a really deep conversation and right as they're about to go to, or what, and then they fall asleep. Marianne wakes up with a nightmare about like her inability to like to keep her family or her, her daughters and Johan together and sort of they come to this realization that while they love each other it is an imperfect love yeah that's that's episode six very very different than the last three episodes 
in terms of tone, I, I would like to, I pat myself on the back when, 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 he, when he was like calling, when he was talking to whoever it was on the other side of the phone, whoever his lover was, oh, I was like, oh, it was it's obvious. fucking Marriott. No. Yeah, it was Marriott. Okay. Oh, I feel that You can't pat phone. yourself on the back anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I can't pat myself on the back anymore. I felt so smart for a second there. Anyway, but yeah, no, the tone of this is much more somber. There's like, there's a catharsis clearly in the past episode and sort of we get to experience the, the relief of that for sure. Both, I think the characters and us, the viewers. Um, yeah, I also I also like personally how the, the dream ending, going back to shame, um, sort of like talking about how like that one ended on a dream. This sort of ends on a dream of like, very abstract of like she had no hands but stumps instead which i just watched Candyman, and that's a very disturbing thought for me personally having stumps instead of hands but anyway oh yeah there's yeah yeah, yeah i just also watched candy yeah, yeah i know no. exactly what you're talking about exactly um yeah anyway i sort of think it's interesting because i think both have drastically changed uh, both Johan and Marianne drastically changed compared to the last one, uh, to the last episode, uh, to this episode. This is the episode where, like, I think they were talking about, I think we were talking about this hours ago. Oh my gosh, hours ago. But uh, they were talking about how, or how, like, Johan's sort of, he seems much more, like, sociable. He seems less on edge. Um, and I think, like, that's where I noticed both of them sort of, the facade definitely went away. Like, there's no, there's there's a complete honesty and vulnerability between both of them. And that sort of, I think, leads to why their affair is, you know, a good thing for both of them. In, you know, the respect that we see is because, you know, they know each other, but there's also, like, that they, they've gotten what they needed to off their chest and they're just honest with each other and you see from that the love uh, between them that i think just makes it a very sweet episode strangely i don't know i, I, I what are what are your all thoughts that that was sort of my impressions of the episode i think like a big part for me is like Marianne's dream at the end which i felt like was like a very bergman ending and that like mm-hmm. the the conclusion is that like we can't know and things are always going to be uncomfortable and like yeah it's like the unknown that it makes things thrilling and terrifying at the same time I guess which I guess was like felt like his like conclusion on like love with this series where it's like things are incredibly tumultuous and you can't really tell how things are gonna end I guess so like Marianne's character had like all this like self-realization going on but then like at the end like she still like sort of has like these not so much like insecurities but like I guess like fear I guess that still sort of persists. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess like sort of like some of these things we deal with are like inescapable to Bergman, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. Like it's literally Liv Ullman from Honest and Honest saying, I can't love and I will never be loved again, which like mm-hmm. Bergman, that's clearly a thing for him personally, I guess, in his life. But five marriages, um, come on. Yeah. I mean, like I was reading the Wikipedia article and he's like, I drew experiences from being with Liv Ullman in the script, in the script for this nice. series. I was like, wow. And you put Liv Ullman in it. I'm like, that is. Oh, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. He also took stuff from his parents' marriage, which I don't know why. Also, he, the woman that plays Katarina is also one of the women that he has had an affair with. Yeah, I think that was BB Anderson, right? The BB Anderson. Mm-hmm. 
think yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Which dang Bergman just like he's not he's not trying, trying to around. cut he's not he's not like trying to go around but, the corner. Like, he's just making a beeline. Yeah. No, and he's very open about it, which is very strange. But um yeah, no, and you know, it's it's Johan's response that was just like I, you know, like I that's bullshit. I love you in my own selfish way. And I don't know, it, it I forget, but he's like and I'm pretty sure you love me in your, you know, I think he was being sort of self-deprecating, but not like in a malice way. I forget what the exact word it was, but in your selfish way too, essentially. But I don't know. It was, it was, it was, I, I, I did sort of like that. There wasn't a clear resolution, you know, speaking of, of normal people, it's sort of the same vibe I had where I was like, damn it, one more episode. Like I want to, I want to like a clear resolution as to like what happens, but there's just like this open ending where I was just like, I want to know, is this for sure? Is this like, are they in limbo? What's, what's happening? Felt kind of unresolved in a good way. A bittersweet limbo. Yeah. Which makes me very curious about what you think about it, Stephanie. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's fair to say that they, Johan and Marianne have like, they're now equals now in this new mm-hmm. affair that they're having. They're both married to other people and now they've, I don't know, meet up once once every now and then to, to fuck. <laughs> Um, which is like I don't I don't want to say happy ending. Happy ending doesn't feel no, correct I don't think to it's describe happy. it. Yeah. But it's like I don't know, like a compromise almost. Like they, it's sort of that wistful, like oh, we we're not fit for each other, but I can't let you go, kind of thing. And so they just have like they have come to this agreement where they are on equal footing, which is good. But even this agreement cannot solve like all of their personal issues their trauma and stuff like there's no there's no undoing what did happen despite where they got here and yeah i mean i didn't hate johan as much in this episode because he is not <laughs> like some time has passed so maybe he's just not as much of a dick anymore and i i trust marianne's character ju- character judgment at this point i mean i think there's just like an admitting of flaws is actually happening as you compare to like the first episode where like Johan thinks he's like perfect and then Marianne's kind of like yeah sure uh uh-huh yeah you know like both of them kind of both realize like their flaws as human beings and there's a general accepting towards that attitude you know the idea of like an imperfect love there's no way they would have thought their love is imperfect in like the first episode in the first episode they're like oh yeah we're we're perfect we communicate so well with one another you know I think there's literally a line where it's like you know what's wrong with Peter and Katarina is like they don't they don't communicate like us like we're always on the same page you know and at this point they kind of admit to themselves like just how much they are not something a lot of the time yeah I'd agree with that also totally random but what did you think of that weird production design of the was it like a piñata lamp in the background? Oh, oh the like face, the face. Oh the yeah, face. and the key zooms in on it. So yeah, there. That was probably the weirdest cut where he just like like they're talking and then it just cuts into it for like two seconds or not even two yeah. seconds, like like half a second, and it comes out. I'm like he really wanted me to take note of this very happy yellow smiley face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a. I don't know why he did that. I I, I I thought about it like it's been a couple it's been it's been not a couple hours. It's been a couple of days since I saw that. And I'm like, I, I, like, I still wow, don't have you it. You just watched this like three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, it's been. I still don't. I still don't have an answer for 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 that 
like what the meaning of that is. But, oh yeah, I was very confused as well. I was just like, oh yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, looked very happy. I think we are losing gas, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. I it's, haven't it's, eaten dinner yet. I'm really hungry and I'm me, just really tired overall. Me, I'm me also too. Not eating dinner. I have not I'm eaten dinner as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think we can start wrapping this up. If any, do any of you have anything last minute you want to say? I mean, like I'm assuming all four of us recommend this this series and or I'm not sure about the theatrical. I mean, I'd just be interested to watch it theatrically just because like with it being an episodic thing, I like, I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a break, do something else. Yeah. And then come back. For sure. Yeah. And I think they shot, they shave off like half the runtime in the theatrical version as well, which interesting to see what they cut and what they don't but yeah um yeah anything else we got to say we excited about the hbo one no we're not oh no we're not we're not it, <laughs> it looks after I, I i watched that literally earlier today i'm like this is absolute garbage i don't even have to see it it, it does not look i think like gender reverse I, it seems like it because like it seems like jessica which, chastain's ooh. character yeah <laughs> which yeah yeah um like that's bad (laughs) that's bad because there's like this weird there's like a big societal like yeah theme going on about gender roles and it's like that's not gone in the 21st century no i'm not very i'm I'm just very scared that they just took the scenes from a marriage marriage and ingmar bergman name ripped it and just put it on the marketing materials and just like get very little shit as to like the actual meaning behind like how do you read the kids are more involved though Hmm yeah i don't know i don't know it's it, it'll be interesting i mean oscar isaac has a cool beard in this one but he also has a cool so beard in it. wow he's so hot in the, in yeah yeah wow hopefully he cries you know yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it, it'll, it should be out or coming out within a few days of this when this is released um so people should check it out just out of like morbid curiosity <laughs> Yes, we'll make that. Stephanie, scratch out the first week. We're going to be playing scenes from a marriage. First, 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 back in person of Utah Film Club. It's not going to be a film. It's going to be a limited series from HBO. All of it at one time. Yeah. yeah. And or and or we're going to make the, that the quad flicks for dog days. Like we're going to put that to the entire school. So I will petition either way. But, you should, yeah, email Eric. Yeah, I'll email Eric. Just be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, it's got the guy from Star Wars. We can put that on the marketing materials. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I think we can we can wrap this up. Let me find my speech that I have to give. So yeah, if you if you like us talking and you want to hear more of us talking, you can follow uh us just generally. You know, film club you follow us at film club you dub on twitter and instagram if you want to hear any of our podcasts um before this you can follow us uh, on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud and google play yeah i want to thank cynthia joelle and stephanie for a lovely two hours and i believe 11 minutes pre-edited listening stuff it's listening stuff audio audio yeah it's it, it, it was great talking to y'all. Thank you all for listening this week, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.